welcome to the MF Gamers Podcast. This is Play One Bin for October 2018. I'm Simon. And I'm Hendo. You don't need to know more than that. You already know who we are. So, yep. Hendo, what have you been playing? I've been playing a lot with you, but we'll get up to that later on. I went back to Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which I mentioned last month. Great game. It is still a fantastic game. It's quite confusing. I got stuck for a while. I couldn't figure out how to get through. And I figured out... Well, I used a guide, and that wasn't very clear. And I kind of figured out... It's a bit where you have to buy an item from a shop so you can get through one of the doors. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. I got stuck on that, then started going through that. Died a few times, lost a lot of progress. Again, that sounds quite familiar. Yep. So I turned it off, and I went to Mark of the Ninja Remastered, because that's... Also a fantastic game. (laughs) Oh, yeah, also fantastic. And that's free on Xbox if you owned the original on the 360. Is that a limited thing, or is it just free for the life of the game? I'm not sure, actually. Or maybe I got it from Game Pass. I'm pretty sure it just is there for everyone. I could be wrong about that. They did a similar thing with Castle Crashers, but you had to claim the remastered version within, like, two or three weeks of it going up, and then it started costing money, which I thought were a bit shitty of them. Don't know about that. Yeah, Mark and the Ninja is great. I got about four levels in I got past the tutorials when they start giving you more toys and yeah that that game is still fantastic it looks like I remember I don't know what they've done with the remaster at all the only difference I've noticed is there is a developer commentary as you go through but it's not quite what I hoped it was it's not audio commentary you just get text bubbles pop up and the developers will say oh here we were trying to do this or this is something to do with the art design here mm. and stuff like that. It's not as good as I'd hoped it It's be. not like Left 4 Dead where if you walk through it's like we put these lights here because it sort of guides you where you're going to go sort of thing. Yeah, I think didn't they do that with Portal as well? Um, I never played it with Portal because Portal's sort of one of those games where you play it once or twice and then you don't play it again but with Left 4 Dead you can play it numerous times over and over and over and it still stays fresh. So yeah. playing with a commentary on that makes more sense to me but yeah. The other thing I've been playing for a lot of the month is Forza Horizon 4, which is a very unhendo game entirely. Because I don't really dig car sims. Not that it is the most sim like of car games. I'm going to say it's just burnout and need for speed, but with Forza branding. Yeah, well, it's burnout and need for speed, but you need to use a brake, basically. Yeah, that's your rule in it. You don't play games, racing games, and if you need to use the brake. Yeah, unless you're using the brake just to start drifting, then yeah, I'm not interested. But for some reason, this has really grabbed me. I downloaded it just because I could. Like, well, I'm paying for this, so I might as well get me money's worth. And I started playing it, and yeah, it's fucking ace. It's a beautiful looking game, even though I'm not running it in 4K, and I haven't got HDR and all that kind of stuff. But it looks really good. It looks like you're driving in... Did you play um, Everyone's Gone to the Rapture? No. Have you seen video footage of it? Uh, probably. It's like this stereotypical British village, and it reminds me of that. It looks like you're driving through that village. It's it's very picturesque. Yeah, yeah, it's very picturesque. It's really weird as well. You go like, oh, you're in the Lake District, and then you go up the road, oh, you're in Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, there's no sense of scale. No, so you're going to get Americans thinking, like, that's how big Britain is, because mm. obviously we're smaller than America anyway, but they're going to think it's really fucking small. Yeah. It's fucking ace. I've turned 
Well, whatever the default options are, I've left them as they are. So whatever assists were left as standard, that's what I've got. Doesn't feel too controlling at the moment. I do need to use the brake. I do need to control the car. I have spun out quite a few times. But yeah, it's like burnout paradise, but more, basically. It's really cool. I had a brief go with Nag. He joined my game, I think. Right. Because it's like a, an open world and an open online thing, so you can join sessions, see people driving around. It sounds a little bit like Test Drive Unlimited was, where you can yeah. sort of just drive around, and it sort of has this weird drop-in, drop-out matchmaking. Yeah, it's very much that, yeah. And I had me and Ildog play together. We were playing on headset, because I couldn't... Um, me and Nag weren't speaking on headsets, but me and Ildog were... And we were just ragging it around, finding collectibles. It felt like it was back in the Burnout Paradise 360 days. Mm. It was just really cool. Trying to do stunts off things. and It's a really, really cool game. There's a lot of game there. I really like what they do with seasons as well. So every week on a Thursday, it will change from spring to summer to autumn to winter. Oh, so it's actually tied to real time then, the seasons? Well, I mean, in a week, yeah. You get a whole season in a mm. week. So um, when I was playing it the most, it was winter. So I'm as we're recording, it's probably spring now. Right. And then when this podcast comes out, it'll be summer. So that's pretty cool because I was getting starting to get really sick of the snow. And it's just like, yeah, just give it a few days, come back, and it'll be the weather will change. I've got a question. Go on. You mentioned burnout and yes. playing with Ill Dog and yes, doing the barrel rolls and stuff like that and drifting. Mm-hmm. Is the missions that you can do, like the war in Burnout Paradise, where it'd be like, everyone's to go to the stadium, or everyone's to do, like, flat spins on the beach, stuff like that, or is it just not as crazy as that? I don't think so. I haven't seen a lot of the game. Some Someone else would probably have a better idea than me. A lot of the missions are races, point-to-point races or laps, Things that we were doing were largely, we didn't go into those missions, but you basically you pull up to a place where there's a mission, much like in Burnout, and you start it off, and you can either do it on your own, you can do it against ghosts, or driver tars, or whatever they call them now. Yeah, driver tars. You can do them against online people, or you can do them co-op, so you can bring someone in, and you play as a team, essentially. I don't know, I haven't seen any of... The, the crazy stuff in there is not in missions it's like there's collectibles all over the place and it's like a puzzle of trying to figure out how to get to them it's not as crazy as burnout now you just mentioned driver tar there in the brief stint i had with forza since they introduced that it is scary how accurate it is at picking what i would pick and place it against other drivers because hmm. i was talking to one of my friends and he were like oh yeah you don't play xbox now and i'm like nah and he says um i'll be playing against your ghosts in like one of the forces George. and it's like all oh, right okay and they were like oh yeah we're driving these cars and i was like wow i those are the cars i would actually pick i don't know what it's doing what there's some sort of trickery there it's looking at what you're using in previous games and sort of updating it to what cars are available in that game yeah i think that's kind of cool even though i'm gone it's I'm still sort of there and playing in a manner that I would be if I was playing. I wonder how accurate it can get because even though I only played those Forza games that had the driver tiring for maybe 
10 hours or something like that. But to get an accurate representation of how I pick my cards is pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's got a lot better from what I can understand. I haven't seen anyone driving really badly. Right. They all drive pretty average. I don't know how accurate all that stuff gets. But one of the really smart but also scary things is you start it off, pick your character and what they look like. There's not much at all to choose. You've got about eight or nine avatars and you can't change anything about them. You can't change their appearance, their hair or anything. It's just like, this is a man, this is a woman. So there's no so caliber style dicks on anyone for customization. Unfortunately not. (laughs) Not so far, no. You do a race to one of the tutorials and this AI character comes out of a car and gathers all the drivers together and goes, "Uh, great, everyone's here. Have we got Andy here? And I didn't pay any attention to this whatsoever until about a minute later when, hang on a minute, was that me? Because I thought she was talking about someone else. And uh, so I looked into it and sure enough, it calls you by your name. Now, I did not tell it my name at all. My name is tied to the Microsoft account. Right. It just goes, yeah. Uh, so you, if your name was on it, it would say, is Simon here? As you're playing, it starts talking to you like, so Simon, uh, you want, we want you to do this now. And it's just really fucking freaky. Like I didn't tell it to do mm. that. I'm used to games where they say pick a name and hopefully your name is on there and we've got it. But no, it just it just knew what my name was. I wonder if Bart is on there as like an Easter egg. I posted it on the forum. There's a YouTube video of these kids and they call themselves Bra. So the AI goes like, okay, Bra, turn left here. And it's <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But yeah, Nag said the same. He had straight away. They just said Phil and stuff. It's yeah, it's it's mental. But I'm really enjoying it. I need to go back to it at some point because because of the game I've been playing the rest of the time. I haven't gone back to my Xbox, but I will probably play over the next few days until the uh, the big open world cowboy game comes out. Which by the time this podcast comes out, it will be out. Mm. But, but yeah, other than the um, the usual from software shit, um, that's me for the month really. So my want is the big bland cowboy game. I think I'm really looking forward to that. Also, the new Call of Duty I've been keeping an eye on. And I've been hearing really, really good stuff. And I was in Tesco's doing my shopping earlier. And I walked past this section that had all the Call of Duty on it. And I was very, very tempted. I had the money in my bank and I passed on it. But I'm very, very tempted because I'm hearing a lot of good stuff. I've heard mixed on it. Hmm. More pros than cons right i watch a lot of twitch and there's a lot of people playing it that i follow the blackout stuff the battle royale just isn't interesting at all to me it's just Hmm. it's so dull you're not into that game mode anyway Uh, i don't yeah battle royale stuff is i can watch Fortnite because there's like building and you know the looting and stuff there's the downtime in that game is more interesting than the downtime in like ring of elysium or PUBG or whatever to all the mm. other ones but yeah I just I don't I can't dig the blackout mod at all it's just boring but the rest of it looks kind of interesting the um, I don't know what it's called the mod but it's sort of like like a cross between Overwatch and Rainbow Six is it Contact or something or something we're going to see um, I don't know I'm sure people that are listening they're fucking screaming it into the headsets but that's the mod that sort of intrigues me the most i've never been one for the the general like multiplayer but yeah i think 
that's sort of appealing to me from what I've seen. Yeah, I've been really keeping an eye on it. And Jeff Gersman from Giant Bomb, his opinions can be very divisive with people, but his opinions on Call of Duty really line up with mine most of the time. So when he was really down on ghosts, I didn't bother with ghosts, and the general opinion of that was it was pretty poor. World War Two. Uh, or World War One, I. I can't remember which one. Two. Was it World War Two? Two. Yeah, that one I avoided because he wasn't overly big on that one, and he really liked Advanced Warfare and Black Ops Three, which I did as well. And yeah, this one he's saying good things about, so it looks pretty good. But I don't realistically know if I'm going to have the time, right? Because Red Dead's pretty big, and Forza Horizon Four's pretty big. I really can't stop going back to Bloodborne, which is a problem, <laughs> which is one of the reasons why I nearly bought Call of Duty, because I wanted to try and force myself to play something different. Mm. That's my wants, really. Those two new games I really would like. Bin is online connections with, well, I'll just say it, Bloodborne, <laughs> which we'll get onto later. Yeah. There's no point beating around the bush with it. The one problem that game has is how you connect to people. Real kicking the balls is like... And we've had no real problems connecting but then suddenly over the past couple of days for no apparent reason it's like nope sitting here for ages and it's yeah we just can't do anything so that's a bit of a pain i'm sure we'll talk more about it later so i'm on to you yeah so my plays let's open up with yoko's island express pretty well received within the forum yeah i liked it although I did complain about it. It didn't take me long to finish. I finished it in like four hours or something like that in one sitting. Yeah, it's pretty sure. It didn't take me long at all. I wish it were harder. This feels like a walking simulator compared to a first-person shooter. Although it's you're sort of controlling a character in first person. Like it don't mm-hmm. like there's just no challenge to it. And I sort of begrudge that. I want to be challenged with a pinball game. And there's just there's nothing like that and there's it's sort of sold as a metroid pinball game where you sort of have the the skills that open up areas for you and in a way it it is you have that grappling hook and you can dive underwater and stuff but i wish the i wish to played on that more with different aspects Mm. i'm a little disappointed in it i don't think it's a bad game by any stretch but i think they could have done more and i hope that Yuku's comes back in some form or another, even if it's not Yuku. It's just it's just different characters or whatever. Or I, I don't really care how they go about it, how they spin it. Yeah. I, I just I'd like it to come back. And for it was Team Seventeen that made it. I think they published it, but it was some Swedish outfit or some Nordic outfit that made it. Jens Anderson is the guy's name. He is not known for um, cutesy indie games. He is. He was in Starbreeze. Oh, okay. He made the uh, Chronicles of Riddick and he made The Darkness. Yeah, that's a big departure. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the reasons why you found it overly easy is because you're so used to pinball mechanics because that game really is, like, the pinball, I think, is pretty spot on in terms of where the ball goes on the flipper and you hit it at the right point, it goes where you want it to. It's like a Fisher-Price version of pinball in that you can't really fail like i don't know what happens when you when you drain the ball you sometimes go through spikes and you lose some fruit Mm. and occasionally it'll 
give you like a little bit of a cutscene when it's like, okay, you've lost your ball ten times and you know gone through the vines. Mm. Like, I wish there were more punishment other than just making you, you know, plunge the ball or maybe making you go down the table. Well, I mean, it's not really tables in it, is it? It's just like a world. Yeah, they're like rooms, I guess, but I I don't know if you've ever played a game called Pinout. Mm, No. Pinout is... It's on the App Store on Android. Uh, I'm sure it's on Apple as well. iTunes, whatever. Yeah, that's basically just pinball tables and you have a timer and there's, like, uh, things to collect... Uh, there'd be fruits in Yoko's Island Express, but it's just a constant pinball table. You you pick the fruits up or in or the dots or whatever they are in pinout, and it adds time. So even though a game's like 60 seconds long, you're just extending your time all the time, you know, and trying to get as far as you can into this pinball table. Hmm. I think Yoko's Island Express would benefit from something like that. Maybe not limiting you on time, but just having tables stacked on each other that you climb, there is a couple of puzzles in there where you sort of have to keep the ball. It's, it's like a continuation, but it's they're not proper pinball tables. It's like, they remind me of Sonic casino tables a little bit in that it's a one-way system. And if you fall back down, it's always going to put you where you need to be to continue going up. It's very friendly like that. It's very approachable. And I think that's why a lot of people liked it that, that don't really get pinball because pinball can be pretty fucking unforgiving if you don't know what's going on. Well, yeah, I think that's why it, it works as it does, because I'm sure they probably tried to make it more proper pinball and mm. realised no one's going to want to play this, apart from hardcore pinball fans, which is, in you know, in, let's be honest, in the minority. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. This game has got the popularity it's had, although it's not been a massive, massive success. I, I think if it was hardcore pinball in Metroidvania, then it would be it wouldn't have worked how they wanted it to work, Yeah, I guess. people that have, have reached impasses and stuff where they just couldn't do it. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's an hard one because, for me, there was, there was something a, a little bit unsatisfying about how it controlled. It didn't feel fast enough, like the the gradient on the ball. Uh, when I say gradient, I mean like the tables are tipped, like pinball tables are obviously tipped, whereas the, the deeper the incline, the deeper the gradient, the, the quicker the ball becomes where it feels very slow, but you have to look at the people they're aiming at, the people that don't play pinball or kids. It's to be approachable and, yeah, okay, it'd be it'd be nice if it were harder, but they've got a thing of people that aren't familiar or well-versed in pinball. Mm. It would be nice if they did have harder areas, just optional stuff that's yeah. like, actually, no, this is, if you want this power up, you're going to have to work for it. I do up the mecha sequel. Staying on the pinball... Train, I've been playing Pinball FX3's Williams Pack 1. I've not played it as much as I'd like to play it. The tables that I had included are Medieval Madness, Junkyard, Fishtails is the free table that sort of kicks it all off. And Is this the stuff that Pinball Arcade lost? Yeah, this is tables that Pinball Arcade lost. Although I don't remember some of these tables. Medieval Madness were over at TPA. But I don't know whether the others were. Oh no, Fishtails were as well. But the other tables are completely new to me. Yeah, it does a good job. The ones that you've played on Pimble Arcade that you can remember, how do those versions stack up? I think when you put them side by side, which I've I've done, I've looked at them. So I've played one and then gone across to the other game and played. 
Mm. You look at the um, the fidelity, especially on fishtails. Like it looks so much fucking nicer, and the tracking and stuff feels so much nicer. The thing with pinball games is they have to run really, really smoothly because they're really quick. If you have a shitty update rate on your screen, on your monitor or anything like that, it, it gets harder to play. I found when I were playing the 361 and the Xbox One versions of Pinball FX, they're okay, but they're not as good as the PC ones because the, the PC's just got more grunt, it's got a better update. Mm. So they, they tend to play a bit smoother and... The Zen version of Fishtails and the Zen version of Medieval Madness are just so much smoother. It feels like there's a generation gap there, actually. All right. There's, yeah, it's quite a big leap. I mean, the pinball sort of plays the same. It's the same rule set, but you can tell that the baseline for Zen games is much higher than what TPAs is. It's lovely. The tables are quite nice as well. The high-speed one is... I've never played it before and it's sort of well regarded in real life and yeah it's really really good like this is one of these packs where like pretty much every other day I'm getting whatsapp messages from Jim going look at this score and it's just like fucking hell Jim <laughs> like he sent me one yesterday on high speed one ball and it's he scored more in one ball than I can in three balls it's just okay. he's, yeah he's hitting it really really hard which is yeah, I, I wish I could have time to, to do it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Next up is EDF. I've been playing with Regiment. He's not actually contributed to this play one bin, but hey, he's in his spirit. Yeah. We're right at the end of the game now. We're in the, the final throws. We've got less than 10 missions to go, but that could be another one or two nights because the end of the game... The best way to explain it is... It starts off and it's sort of a bit of a joke and then it turns into guerrilla warfare and as the levels get destroyed, as you go further into the game, it gets more and more... You fall under more pressure hmm. because the, you know, the invasion gets harsher and harsher and we're into the last bits now where it's like, it's do or die and those levels can be 20, 30 minutes long and if you fuck up, it's completely lost there's no checkpoints or anything like that so by the time this goes up we might have finished it i hope we finished it because fucking red dead's out and <laughs> yeah i can't see anything getting played after that fuck comes out nope but yeah it's it's been enjoyable especially to watch someone get to grips with the game sort of like you watching me get to grips with bloodborne hmm. and understand how it works and how the mechanisms works and to go about attacking certain enemies and how to work out how to tackle a level is... It's interesting to watch because he started just running around and at the end of last session, it's like, okay, he's sort of working out where to stand, where not to go. Where do you like, don't cross the rubble, don't... Do you know, he's, he's learning do's and don'ts without actually being told. He's just right. learning through experience. It's As much as it's shit on for what it is, there's a lot of design there that's sort of you just get it by osmosis it's like super meat boy or bloodborne or obviously man there's there are fucking much better games like in there you know the way they handle themselves and the way they present themselves but there's a layer of design there that sort of it sort of works in the field that it's working in and it's different for each class so you've got four classes and the do's and don'ts are different for each class and the levels are sort of built around that and the enemies are sort of built around that as well so 
you've got a rock paper scissors style thing where it's like these enemies are, are really weak to the ranger but if you are playing the air raider then you don't want to fucking even chance it but yeah that's enough for edf because like people don't want to fucking hear about it mm. <laughs> next up's play gank i decided to install play gank again you made any good um diseases I've been playing through the scenarios, so I'm stuck on one that's CJD, so BSE. Right. But it's it's super difficult. Like, I just installed it on a whim. I, I saw a, a post on Reddit and I'm like, oh, I've got that game. I'm going to have a go. And the way that the scenarios work, I, I mean, everyone's played Plague Inc. You've ever played it on your phone or whatever, or on your browser. Yeah. You sort of have the arid countries, the poor countries and stuff like that, and you work your disease or your bacteria or your virus or whatever you're cultivating, you sort of work it and you go, okay, right, I need to get into Greenland now, so I'm going to put two points into air transmission and put a point into cold so I can infect those guys. You sort of have that that logic flowchart that you mm. have to adhere to. Whereas the, the scenarios that I've been playing through, the BSE one is all based around food. So... If you want to invade China, like doing poultry or pork is a good way to do it. But obviously, if you do pork, you're not going to go through the Middle East countries because they don't eat pork. Mm. If you want to get Mexico, if you do corn, like it infects all their tortilla chips. And if you want to do the rich countries, you have to do the avocados. And like it makes you think differently onto what you need to do to spread your disease, which is... I think Plague Inc. is one of those games where it should get a lot more credit than it does because it, it changes up a formula within itself and actually makes you think about how the world works in how you want to transmit your disease. You have to be paying attention to what's happening. Even though it's quite a sedate game, I play it while I'm watching Netflix, for example, in uh, like a windowed mode. It's one of those games that it's never going to age. Like, I'm going to come back to that in, like, five years' time. And because it's so basic anyway, it's sort of aged already. But it's a hard one to explain, I think. Dragon's Dogma is the other game I've started playing. I finished Bloodborne, which I will be talking about next. But what a weird combination mechanics to put in a game. I don't know if you've ever played it, but it's, it's Japan's take on the western rpg but it's not a western rpg at all it's got bits of monster hunter in there it's got bits of shadow of the colossus in there it's got bits of crafting it feels like a multiplayer game even though it's strictly solo yeah we were talking the other day and you were comparing it to how japan decided to make a gears of war and they came up with vanquish yeah yeah it's just it's completely they've missed the point of what Gears of War is, but they've made something which is uniquely Japanese and all the better for it. Hmm. It's a really hard one to explain because it's such a Frankenstein's monster of a game and such a complex game as well. Like, it explains absolutely fucking nothing. Like, you think Bloodborne explains nothing, then this has got it beat hands down because it's got stuff in there and it's like, you have something called a pawn and your pawn is like your companion and you can tailor it to react certain ways in a mission or while you're out in the field. So it might attack from range or it might use magic or it might just heal the party that you're with. But the way you go about that is you sit at a table and you have a conversation and 
Do you know when you're playing Pokemon, they have natures? And it's like inquisitive nature or brazen nature. Right. Or stuff like just, they're just words that don't really mean anything. It's sort of like that. So you, you have all these words, like you'll have maybe eight or nine words that all apply to some sort of trait, but it's never really explained to you what they do until you chance it. I'm sure Nag's fucking listening to this and he's like, he don't know what he's fucking talking about, but man, I've played the game for like maybe 10 hours, so mm. lay off. You've played it for fucking hundreds of hours. I don't really understand it, but I think that's part of the appeal in many ways to sort of, you know, understand and decipher what the game wants from me. Because there were one part and it were like, oh yeah, this is your mission, go down this way. And I just could not fucking beat these guys. I was just getting my ass handed to me over and over. I I died more at the start of Dragon's Dogma than I did at the start of Bloodborne. Oh wow. No joke. I got my shit pushed back in. It was excruciating. It sort of got to the point where it were like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this. And then I sort of went away and did some other stuff and, you know, looked around the map and it was like, oh, there's missions here and I can do these. And it's got a really weird way of doing missions as well. Like sometimes they don't even show up and you'll talk to someone and they'll sort of go, oh yeah, by the way, there's a mission here. Not here, come over here, there's a mission. Like it's not signposted well at all. You have to fucking talk to everyone. It's just one of those games that I'm surprised it didn't get a bigger following. I know it sold really well for Capcom, I know it did millions, and it's got a bit of a cult status among the people that have played it, but it should have been a big breakthrough for them in the same way that Monster Hunter World were. One of those games that I've been wanting to try ever since I got into the Souls games and I started hearing about Dragon's Dogma, and they remastered it not so long ago, so I might pick up a PS4 version or mm. see if it's on Game Pass or something. Mm. I think I've got it on the PS3, but I never, like the PS3, God knows where the PS3 yeah, is at this point. done and dusted. I'm tempted to try that. I might try that at some point and um, we'll come back and compare notes. Yeah, the weird thing about it is, like, it's the combat isn't like a Souls game at all. It's more hack and slashy, but right. it's still got as much risk. So it's like, I don't know, Fable maybe or something like that. But okay. if you fuck up, like, if you don't dodge out of the way, then you're going to get on the end of a... An attack and it's it's gonna permanently decrease your health. Say like you've got hundred points of health, just for example, and you are in a fight and you take too much damage. After that fight, you might only be able to heal up to like seventy health, unless you use consumables and stuff to take your health back up. If your pawns get downed, your party are called pawns. You can have two pawns from people outside of your game so it's like i think it works by anyone that's under your level you can hire them for free or if they're on your friends list you can hire them for free so i'm using someone's pawn that's on another forum which if they play through the game and it's like level 70 or something like that it's i think it's making the game a little bit too easy but i don't know if i'm gonna swap it out i don't like it depends on on what i feel like the next time i play it Hmm. But you sort of have this thing and it, it sort of, it's like their pawn sort of updates each time they play with it. So like I'm noticing when they're playing, they're getting different attacks and Joe, it's dressed differently. It's got different armor or a different staff. And I guess the if my pawn is getting used, like they're seeing it develop from being like a level one up to, I think I'm like level 11 or 12 now, which is, I don't know how, how well the scaling works. Like, do you know what level you're going to be when you win the game? 
or go mm. into the DLC because I'm not well versed with it to say what it's going to be. But it's sort of got that interesting aspect to it. Like, I bet when it came out originally and you had a lot of people playing it, it was fascinating to switch between people's pawns and, and see their progress through the game, do you know? I've sort of lost that zeitgeist. It would have been nice to see it, but because I'm playing it like fucking years and years behind everyone else, then I've lost that, but I'm still experiencing what looks like it's going to be a fantastic game. Speaking of fantastic games, Bloodborne. Yep, certainly is. Bloodborne's been finished. Well, kind of. Well, I finished the the three endings, the good, the bad, and the ugly endings. Um, I'm currently going through the Chalice Dungeons. This game gets under your skin, doesn't it? Yeah. I, yeah. There's times where I've just been out and I've been thinking about... Do you know when people say that they, they, they talk about Tony Hawk and it's like, oh, that guy, like, there's a rail in there. I grind that. I used to do that all the time. Yeah, sometimes, like, I'll I'll be going... I'll maybe walk up to Asda and I'll think, oh, man, there's a there's a doorway here. <laughs> <laughs> there's probably someone behind it, Joe, waiting to stab me in the back. Yeah, well, it's Asda, so yeah. <laughs> I don't live in fucking Wales, man. Calm down. It's fucking cultured up here. I sort of have that, like, pang of joy crossing over into my real life. Obviously, these I haven't been fucking attacked and killed yet, but, well, not in real life. I mean, fucking killed plenty in game. But, yeah, I sort of, the more I play it, the more I appreciate it. And, like, looking back, I've been watching someone on Twitch play it, one of my friends play it, and watching him struggle and get really frustrated, like, why the gun a gun? Why are these dudes, you know, just basically fucking, like, he got really frustrated with the brick guy following mm. up behind him. And it takes me back to me watching you stream and taking the brick guy on and me just going, oh, I never realised I could do that. And if you watch me take those brick guys out now, I don't do what you do, the, um, the, you know, the powered up attack. Mm. With the axe, you sort of do a spin and it knocks them down and you can jump in for an easy finish. I sort of developed my own way of attacking. Like, you sort of prefer the two-handed, don't you? Whereas I prefer yeah. the shotty and the the axe or the tonitrus. For a game to have a move set to allow you to tailor that move set to how you want to tackle things, it's just really fucking good. Like, it's... I've not been on the top ten thing with Ben yet. I've not been pulled in. But... I think this may have made the list easily. I don't know what I'm going to push off to to put Bloodborne in that position, but for the most, it's impeccably designed, and I, I sort of understand when people get all gooey-eyed about it because I've been converted. That level design is just astonishing. There's not many games that do this. There really isn't. I mean, you've got open-world games, but... This is something different. This is um, it's handcrafted. It's yeah, it's it's amazing, and I, I know in the forum you were slagging off the later levels as not as well designed. I think they're still as good. You just don't have the ability to really wander around that much at the time because it's full of poison and because you're getting frenzied. But when you've removed the ability to get frenzied and you wander around, going, "Yep, this is pretty fucking cool. This is." astonishingly like the enemy placements the level structure everything is just amazing i don't stand by the corner that you stand by on that particular level mm. and same way it's the bit where you're going through the lecture hall and the start of that is just terrible but after that once you get 
you beat the first boss, the terrible boss. By the way, he's, he's just fucking shit. He's awful. <laughs> but after that, it's sort of when you're in the loft, the Mergo's loft. It's sort of it's really confined, but you can see a lot of extra areas. And it's like, oh, okay, how do I fucking get down there? Where am I meant to get here? And then you sort of figure out that you can roll off, and it opens up an, a whole new area. And it's like, wow, this is... Like you said, you sort of work out where you are from where you've been. And sometimes you look off into distance and it's like, I wonder if I can get down there or if that's just scenery. And then an hour later, you're like, yep, I'm here. And that's where I was originally. I've sort of placed it. And that that geography and architecture and how everything's laid out is genuinely astonishing. Like, Mm. genuinely astonishing. As good as anything I've ever seen in games. The level design is... It set a new benchmark. Like, we talked about Castlevania at the start of this podcast. And I thought that was good design as levels. But, yeah, Bloodborne is just... It's artisanship at its finest, for the most. Yep. Yeah, if you haven't played it. Even if you don't like the Souls games, just give it a try. And I know it's frustrating. I know you're going to die. You're going to get really pissed off. But eventually something's going to click. And... It's all going to make sense. You're going to gain insight. Yeah, I used the game joke. <laughs> yeah. On that note, yeah, I went back to Dark Souls Remastered to sort of pull myself away from Bloodborne. And it's difficult going back because that's really janky and slow. And even though they've cleaned it up in the remastered version, it's difficult to go from Bloodborne to that because Bloodborne is zippy as fuck and Dark Souls is not. Mm. Dark Souls 3 is on the same engine as Bloodborne and that is much better that is on the same level as Bloodborne in terms of feel but going back to Dark Souls 1 is, is compared to Bloodborne is rough I were pondering over it if I should go back to Dark Souls or not because I don't want to spoil the time that I had with Bloodborne mm. tarring them all with the same brush um, I've been watching Rick play the remaster on YouTube with his friend Mark and like some of it does look really really rough Dark Souls from what I've seen is one of those games that's basically rooted in its movement system and I don't know if I'm willing to hinder myself with that I would genuinely well first of all you should play the DLC for Bloodborne but after that I would recommend Dark Souls 3 because that is a fresher version of Dark Souls I think Mm. Dark Souls 1 and 2 feel very janky 3 feels a lot smoother my wants for this month I want this is a bit of an unusual one I kicked off a thread about the, you know, like the gaming shout thread but I, mm. I really want to get into something like Rainbow Six Siege okay but I don't want to do you know when Blakey were playing the um, the Morbers were at League of Legends and he was sort of getting really really into it I don't want to spend a lot of time doing something like that and then go actually no it's not for me mm. I, there's the hesitation there where it's like I don't want to fucking put all this time and money into this thing and then end up fucking hating it and feeling like I've just wasted my time, which is more than likely what's going to happen. Same with Overwatch as well. Like, I, I wouldn't mind playing Overwatch on PC. But again, yeah, it, it could be one of those things that really, really sours me on that game. So, yeah. Uh, my other want is I quite like Red Dead. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to buy it. On release, it depends what I feel like. 
I want the Platinum to drop on Bloodborne. I want the fucking Bloodborne matchmaking to work because it's, yeah. it's fucking shit. That is one part of the game that is just like, what the fuck would I thinking? Yeah. What else do I want? Oh, Earth Defense Force 5 is maybe out in December, but it's digital only, and I don't know whether I want to pay fucking 60 quid for uh, an EDF game, because as much as I like them, 60 quid's a lot of fucking pennies. You'll get the 60 quid's worth of play out of it. No doubt, but yeah, 60 quid, come on, D3. <laughs> Taking the piss. For Bin, do you know what? I think life's good at the minute. Cool. I've been through um, some shitty things the past month, like just working stupid hours and what have you, but yeah, as far as being goes, I'm good, thanks. Oh, excellent. Moving on to the forum, Blakey. Come on, tell us what you've got, sexy robot voice. Assassin's Creed Odyssey. This will take up the majority of my time this month. It's an absolute behemoth and I usually 100% AC games which may take 150 plus hours. It'll be dropped midway for Red Dead 2 though, if I haven't finished it by then. Red Dead Redemption 2, the biggest game of this year, the one we've all been waiting for is under 4 weeks away. We'll be diving into this at midnight on the 26th. Astrobot, Rescue Mission. Having recently got my PSVR back out and hearing that this game is VR Super Mario 64 moment from journalists, I had to find out whether that kind of hyperbole is warranted or not. He's um, really loving Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I've heard, again from Giant Bomb, which is my go-to source for opinions, it's a bit too long, it outstays its welcome. Right. So I've, and I haven't played the last one, so I'm, I've been avoiding that, and I might go and play Origins, because that's meant to be really good. He just loves all of them, I think. Mm. I actually eyed up the Ezio collection. You can get it for like 20 quid now, and I'm like, oh, I might give it a fucking chance, but yeah, it's probably not going to happen. I don't know. You'd never know me. Unpredictable. Yeah. Here's his once. Hitman 2, Darksiders 3, Fist of the North Star, Lost Paradise. Almost pulled the trigger on pre-purchasing pre-ordering these a few times, but have stopped myself as I've just got so much else to play. I am right there with him with Hitman 2. I am well looking forward to that. That I forgot on that and part of my wants as well. Hitman 2 is definitely there. Yeah, I really want Hitman 2 to do well. I might even get it on launch. Just, I, I don't even care about the cost or whatever. And you can kill Scene Bean. Scene Bean. Sean Bourne. Yeah. <laughs> and his bins? Far Cry 5, Lost on Mars. I actually enjoyed the Vietnam DLC for this and thought the zombie one was average. But so far this has been such monotonous shite that I think I'm gonna throw in the towel before I lose my mind. So this is pretty interesting from Blakey because usually he's got Ubi's dick right up pressing against his lungs. <laughs> to watch him say something like that is quite interesting because... It must be bad. Yeah, it's gotta be really, really fucking bad if he's um, throwing the towel in. He laps everything that Ubi does. Yeah. Yeah. Radio Floyd, here is players. Oh, just the one. Dragon Quest 11, 30 hours in now, and I'm loving this very traditional DQ game. Yeah, I think Ben's been loving that, so I'm glad that it looks really cool, actually. For, for a JRPG, it looks more my bag than the usual. And this is his once. Red Dead Redemption 2. Been a while since I've played a Rockstar game, so I'm looking forward to this. Looks beautiful in the trailers. Spyro Reignited Trilogy. Looking forward to revisiting my childhood. PlayStation Classic. 
Definitely going to get this but I'm curious to see what games will be announced. My main wish is for more RPGs. Again, another Red Dead Redemption. What a, what a surprise. Yes, what a surprise. And the PlayStation Classic as well. Yeah, um, Spyro Reignited Trilogy as well. I think that that game could be a little bit of a car crash when it comes out. It's been delayed because of the... You know, the I don't know if you've been following it, but... Yeah, they had um, they only had the one on the disc or something. And... Yeah, you only had one on the disc and you had to download the rest. But I think what they're doing is they've just delayed it. I think the reason that they did that is because the rest of it's broken as fuck. Hmm. And they didn't want to put it out on the disc because people would people that weren't connected to the internet were basically shagged. They get one game that were working and two games that were broken. Hmm. We don't have time for that in the industry. Just delay it and fucking fix it. And he's been... Forgetting to post in this thread last month. Yeah, for shame. Yeah, you disgust me, Radio. Nag up next, here's his players. Forza Horizon 4. I've been itching to get hold of this even though the second game was given away for free a few months back. I can't get enough of this series now. State of Decay 2. Daybreak. It's a 7 wave lightweight horde mode basically. It's not going to make me spend hours on it but it's fun enough in short blasts. Yeah, he's been loving Forza Horizon 4 as well as Ildog, who is not in this list. Yeah, and uh, State of Decay 2 I've been tempted to download because it's on uh, Game Pass. Because I really like the first one. State of Decay 2 has been much maligned, I think. Mm. I've watched plenty of that on Twitch. And I've got to be honest with you, I've not seen one crash. I've seen a few glitches, but they've been very, very minor ones like people clipping into each other and stuff like that. There's been no horror stories that came out when the game originally released. So I don't know whether it's people just looking for outrage or what there. But I mean, we're living in an age where fucking outrage sells. So and pissing on Microsoft as well is also a national sport for many. Yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been a, a, an unworthy contestant in that whole sacrificing a game for the sake of pointing and laughing at Microsoft. Yeah. And here's his once. Red Dead Redemption 2. Who doesn't want this? Spider-Man. The heist. The first DLC featuring Black Cat is set to drop late October. Any excuse to go back to this is alright with me. Another one's on the list of Red Dead Redemption and Spider-Man DLC, which... Fair enough. Yeah, another game that I want to play, Spider-Man. And his bins. Being fucking terrible at the Soul Calibur 6 online beta. I need a training mode stat. I'm right there with him. I fucking suck at fighting games. I'm absolutely terrible at him. Is he playing the full game now, I think? Yeah. I wonder if he's um, been terrible at now. He did hmm. say that he did get his five rank wins or whatever. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see if he sticks with it because fighting games are one of those things where they have a big audience retention. Well, they have a big fall off, but the people that they do have retention with, they're there for life. It's like DC. You look at him playing his fighting games. He, he's been playing that Dragon Ball one. He's normally on late night playing and he's been playing for months and months and months now. It'd be intriguing to see whether Nag does that. I don't think he will do. He'll probably get his fill and then fuck off. Yeah. Once the trophies stop spilling, maybe. I don't know. Talking a different class and Dragon Ball Z, here's different class. Here are his players. Paladins. I plan on playing this for the month. Since I haven't got Nintendo Online, I can only play free-to-play games on the Switch for now. So it seems like a good opportunity to properly dive into this. Arena of Valor. 
more free to play on Switch. I've not played a MOBA before so I'm enjoying the learning process, not all the time, mind, but I'm still having trouble isolating where I'm going right when I do well. Like I said in the thread, I'm struggling with finding tips so I suppose I'll continue to stumble through and try to learn every now and then. Dragon Ball Fighters. All of the characters have been released for the first season now, so I'm going back to learn a couple of characters to mix my team up a bit. I'm trying to get good with Android 21 who was previously only unlockable after beating the story, but at some point they just let her out for everyone. Dead Cells. Nearing a complete run. Hopefully by the time that this is read out I will have done it. I don't think he's done a full run yet as we're recording this on Dead Cells. Fair play, he's, he's much better at that game than me. Have you finished it? No, 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 no. Are you, no. Will you ever finish it? Probably not, no. It's one of those games like Darkest Dungeon that I don't care if I never see the end of it because it's, it's the experience, man. It's like Spelunky. The journey is what you're playing it for. It's not the ending. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Here's his one. Money. Yep. I think everyone's <laughs> nodding their head at that one. Yep. <laughs> and here's his bin. Credit card interest. I also want to take my Joy-Cons out of the bin from last month. They're fine now. Yeah, good to hear about his uh, Joy-Cons. Uh, did he fuck him up playing Gungeon? I bet he fucked him up playing Gungeon, didn't he? He might have done. <laughs> Almost certainly. Yeah. We've got a stranger up next. Hin. Here's his players. Friday the 13th. I hate horror games tbh. I'm a wuss, but playing this with a bunch of mates is hilarious. Yeah, I still haven't downloaded Friday the 13th, I need to get around to downloading that. Yeah, I got told not to bother with it. I got told to download the Dead by Daylight, which is the same principle, but done better. Hmm. Here's his once. Soul Calibur 6. Loved them since the first game. Glad to see Talim is back since SC2. Another one for Soul Calibur? Yep. And here's his bins. Gun media servers. They keep dropping out. I have no idea what that is. Is that is that a game? Is that a publisher? Uh, what is gun media? I have no idea. I wish you'd have explained a little bit more. <laughs> he just comes in, does a couple of posts, and then runs away. I doubt he'd level hear this. No. If you do hear this, come and do a post. Tell us, <laughs> tell us that you love us. Next up is Danger Man. Here's his players. I finished up Spider-Man. I enjoyed it. It's not game of the year material for me, and not as good as God of War. The story missions are the strength of the game I think, although I did enjoy the takedown sections until they descend into wave after wave of combat. I'm not sure if this is harsh, but I think I'd take three of the Batman games over it. Definitely two of them. I also played Batman, the Telltale game. I was surprised how much I enjoyed this. For a while it's got a really good story before they start pulling shit with established characters. It still doesn't run great, even on a pro, but it's worth playing through if you've already got it on your account. Chuchel. Cool game. It's very musical, but I played a bit of Botanicula afterwards and that seems to be too. It's very much an interactive cartoon. Well worth trying. It sounds very much like he's putting God of War as his game of the year and I think I am pretty much might be there with him. I was excited for Spider-Man, but I haven't bothered and I might never get round to it now. I think it'll go cheap after Christmas. That's when to pick it up. Yeah. I also started Batman after he was talking about it in the thread and I was tempted and I started, I got about an hour in. I didn't, it wasn't really worth bringing up on this, but yeah, it's a, it's a telltale <laughs> game that's Batman. It's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. It's just, you cut and run before you wasted any more time. 
Yeah, I'll I'll go back to it. I'll, I'll I'll check it out for the story. I think the crazy thing is it doesn't even run good on a pro. Yeah, it's just basically fucking interactive cutscenes, and it's it's not running right. As I understand it, the Batman game was really really bad for fucking bugs and stuff, wasn't it when it came out? They all blend into one for me at the moment, so. Mm. It can't be as bad as Game of Thrones. That one was fucking terrible. As much as I hate to admit it, I sort of follow the path of his like his best and worst indie hits to see what's worth picking up. Hmm. Well, him and Radio Floyd, I use as a barometer for what I should be picking up in regards of indie hits. So, yeah, I'll probably end up picking Chuchel up. Yeah. Here's his once. My copy of Captain Toad didn't turn up before I went on holiday. Pricks. It has arrived since since he's yeah, but he's come back as well. So well, what fucking point in that? Well done, yeah. Royal Mail, you set of wankers. Yeah. And this has been. It's rare I actively decide to give up on a game. Usually I lie to myself and say I'll go back to them at some point. But I think I've got to this month. I played some Black Ops 3 because I'd got it free on PS Plus. Fuck me, it's boring. I went back to Hollow Knight. I'd beaten a boss I was really struggling with and stopped. Went back. Died and lost all my souls because of the impossible place it had put my ghost. Game of the generation contender. My sweaty balls. There's so much obstructive design in Hollow Knight. Also been not getting paid. I'd probably agree with him that Black Ops 3 is... I never finished a campaign on that. The multiplayer is really good, but the campaign is not so much. And um, that's a controversial viewpoint on Hollow Knight, but I can kind of see where he's coming from. Also, they're fucking not getting paid on my sympathies that is fucking bullshit that's balls yeah did he end up getting paid the court threat end up giving him his money or I don't know I know that he threatened them and they said oh we'll sort that out so I don't know yeah I I hope it's been sorted out because having no money is fucking toss yep so for the next month you can expect on the 4th 20 questions episode 11 yep any hints to who that might be just know it this fucking episode will like a marathon for me. <laughs> I lost so much fucking sanity recording that episode. Yeah. Intriguing. On the 11th, you can expect a top 10 from Ben. I don't know what it's going to be. Possibly. I don't know whether he's uh, started editing it yet. This will not be a great surprise to anyone, but we often use the music podcasts as a sort of prop. <laughs> yeah, as a filler. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy making them and I think they go down quite well, but they are often props. So if his top 10 is not ready or if your special is not ready, then the music one will appear. But so far, yeah, there's top 10, number four. And then the 18th. There's a special coming out. Yeah. Oh, what's it going to be? Nobody knows. I know, but... Well, you know, but... I, I know and someone else knows and, and that's probably about it. Yeah. And then we end the month with uh, a play one bin November. Just for a change. Yeah, probably Ben that's going to be on that one. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Or maybe someone else. Ooh, mystery. We've got new people now, so you never know. I've also thought that we should end on a few notable releases for the month coming up, rather than just end the podcast. Of the list I've got here, I don't know how interested you are in any of these. We've got Diablo 3 for the Switch. Nope. First of all, no. Overkill's The Walking Dead, now. I put this in here specifically because we both like payday 2 um we both like left for dead however this is meant to be quite bad it's worth keeping an eye on i think yeah going back to the predictions episode i did with blake i think this will be shit well we Mm. both thought it'd be shit 
I can't remember what we fucking cut out and what we didn't, but that episode was so fucking long. But yeah, we sort of come to a conclusion that we think it'll be shit, but eventually it'll get good on PC. Don't buy it on console. If you buy um, an overkill game on console, you are a fucking idiot. Yeah, uh, and the night forgot Tester's Effect, which I'm really looking forward to. That's the Mizuguchi one. Are you going to get the VR version? I haven't got VR, no, no, no. Your friend does though, doesn't he? If it's on PC, then I will get him to buy it. I didn't know he was PC only. I thought it was PlayStation VR he had. No, he's got the Oculus Rift. Right. With the full room gobbins and touch controllers and all that kind of stuff. Fucking hell, is he made of money? And he's got a big room to play it in as well. It's quite depressing. And after that, there's uh, Spyro Reignited and Hitman 2 on the same day. We find out whether Spyro's fucked middle of next month. Yeah. The next day, there was Fallout 76, so we can see what that actually is. It's basically going to be Metal Gear Survive with a Fallout skin, I think. Yep. And ending the month, we've got Pokemon Let's Go and Battlefield 5. A game that's dumbed down and a game that's got women in it. Oh, no, not women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Can't deal with that. That's what you've got to look forward to for the month. So um, that's pretty much us done, I think. Yeah, I've been Simon. And I've been Hendo. We'll see you next month. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Hello, Hendo here. Hmm, bit of a pickle. Me and Simon recorded the entire podcast and I kind of forgot to include Mark. Sorry, so here is Weevo's Play What Bin selections for October. Play. I'm still chipping my way through Golf Story having put it down for a few months. I've put over 15 hours into it and have only the first trophy. According to howlongtobeat.com it's 15 hours on average. 19 hours for completionists so I'm not sure what's happening there. I guess I just like to explore. When it first came out I heard of a few bugs, but never experienced any myself but after picking it back up I had two game breakers that I had to reset the game because of play. I've literally just started Starlink. Battle for something or other. It's the most expensive game I've ever bought at £69.99 digitally. Quite why it's the same price or more expensive than buying it physically I don't know. The excuse for regular games is quite bad but for this makes even less sense. Want? I want Red Dead 2 but I'm quite happy to wait for a price drop as well as a chatter drop. Like that feeling people had of everyone asking them if they've seen Breaking Bad yet. I feel like I don't want to play it until it's so died down. That I've forgotten every detail that I've unavoidably seen or heard. Red Dead 1 is in my top 10 of all time though. Bin. My job. I've been there 11 years now on the same pay, and in that time have witnessed so many others come in and move up because of favoritism. I'd leave if I wasn't so lazy. Bin. Spider Solitaire F. I fancied a solitaire game to have on my Switch to play and relax to before Betty buys. Now wrong with that, but no touch controls and you can lay any color on top of the other. It's not the solitaire I knew from Windows 95. Thanks, Hendo. Love you. You're welcome, Mark. I love you too.